All right, welcome back to the show. I have Alan Jacoby from the Great Divide podcast. Welcome to the Joe Cozo Show. Joe, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So for the people that are watching this, we've never met before. No. Right? So this is the first time that we're actually really talking to each other. We talked to each other on Facebook a little bit. That's how you reached out about the show. But so tell us a little bit. Are you from New York your whole life? Yes, I'm... Born, raised in Long Island, Nassau County. I'm a Nassau boy. I'm. Uh, I have my my podcast, The Great Divide, which uh, it, you know it's, uh, I'm a conservative podcaster. It's mostly politics. I. Uh, you get nervous about that? Are you nervous that you have the cons- because of the environment that's going on right no. now, the political environment? I mean, it's not the. You know, when you sit there and say, "Okay, I'm going to do a podcast," right? right? Out of all the genres, mm-hmm. out of all the topics that you probably would want to avoid right now, if you were starting a podcast, it would be a conservative podcast because you're afraid of getting censored and right. and getting canceled. taken off, canceled. Yes, exactly. You're the enemy. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. No, I'm not afraid because my attitude is, well, I'm a very confrontational person. Not, I shouldn't say confrontational. I like to talk to people. I like to debate. Um, yeah, I guess you can call it argue. Uh, that's my nature, especially in my in my industry, uh, in my business. Um, I I fight with major insurance companies every day uh, on behalf of homeowners. What is it you do? I'm a public insurance adjuster. Okay. So your house goes on fire. Your insurance company comes in. They want to lowball you, pay you a certain uh, a certain amount of money. My job is to maximize the claim, defend you, make sure the claim gets paid. So I'm like major insurance companies. I'm fighting with every day. So. I, I don't have a problem talking to people, and everyone that knows me would tell you that. Yeah, Alan definitely doesn't uh, mince words. He says what he means, and 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 that's it. And and I'll stand by anything that I say. I, but also, on the other hand, if I'm talking to somebody that has a completely different political view, on the opposite side of the political spectrum, I want to hear what they have to say, and I have it in my head that. I want to hear it, and I almost like sell me something. Just maybe, maybe, maybe you convince me of something if we have a difference of opinion on politics, or I'm like that with anything. It never ends up. I'm never convinced, but I like to get that different view. Unfortunately, being a conservative, I don't get that often. That same, I guess, courtesy from someone on the left, uh, liberal, and they. When it gets to a point and it happens, when they <laughs> they see that we're not we're, we're not seeing eye to eye, I'm not agreeing with them. They immediately want to go on the attack mode. Is that something right now that is happening in your life? You have friends, maybe lifelong friends that you know you'd have basic relationships with, and now all of a sudden, because the political climate of this country and how people are so divided. I mean, your podcast is called the Great Divide, right? Do you find that you have a lot of issues with people that you normally didn't have? I'm talking about regular friends or family members, maybe Thanksgiving dinner or something <laughs> like that. But now all of a sudden, you know, you're not talking about Joey's little baseball game anymore. Now you're talking about Donald Trump. You're talking about Joe Biden. You're talking about China. Right. And there is, you know, a clash of heads. So, yeah, and I, I'm not going to say issues. Like, I, I have members of my family, cousins that are... Op, complete opposite sides. They, the you know, liberal, the 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 millennial generation, and we don't see eye to eye in politics. Uh, even my grandmother, eighty four years old, sharp as a tack. She despises Donald Trump. 
I know that when I'm over there visiting, we're not going to talk about politics. Her, <laughs> even her brother, my great uncle. But it always seems to come up. It does. And, uh, you know, and it's come up a few times and it's gotten heated, you know, and I try to, I, I, you know, I just got to got to put out the flames and let's move on this it's not worth talking about you know so i won't i won't bring it up there are even friends that they they know i'm i I have the conservative podcast they know what my political views are and we just don't talk about it if it does come up you know it's i try to i don't want it to come up because i don't i don't want to have those conversations with my family and my friends, unless they want to have the conversation. See, I don't mind having it. If it comes up, it comes it up. Comes I'm not up. looking to, but it always does, especially now that, you know, especially my family members or friends know that I do a political show. Right. So it's almost as if they're poking at me and, you know, I could see it right away as soon as I start talking. Now, you said that you're doing, you were or are an insurance, adjust, yeah. insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved in doing a political podcast? What, how did that come about? <laughs> Well, I am a what they call uh, I like to call myself a Facebook fugitive. Um, I'm I love talking about politics, and every time, and I'm not I'm not talking about uh, when you post something. I'm not posting anything offensive. As a matter of fact, if you you could go back on my Facebook, and it's a lot of it. It, it could be mild politics. I'm not one of those person that people that are, are posting every day at you know. Trump, 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 Biden, not my president. I don't, I don't talk like that. I actually don't like that term. Give us an example then of like a post <laughs> right. that, wait. Okay. So you, when you say that you're a Facebook fugitive, that means you've been kicked on and off of Facebook, it seems, I, right? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get, I don't get warnings anymore. It's somebody reports me or Facebook sees it in flags that I'm automatically in the Facebook gulag for 30 days. Okay. So tell me, give me like an example of a post okay. that you... <laughs> You know, obviously posted, and then right away you've been gone. Yeah, and and actually the most recent one, um, I'm at a Facebook jail now about, a, I don't know, maybe maybe two weeks. And uh, it was a, on a comment thread, I forget what news outlet, and they were talking about, uh, I think, the election. And I, I, had, I had said something about, um, you know, Joe, I, I, I called him Sleepy Joe, and someone didn't like it and I don't know what they said about I don't remember what they said but my comment was you should leave the voting to the adults and stay in mommy's basement eating your hot pockets playing Xbox and that's all I said Joe that's all I said there was no obscenities in it nothing and a few minutes later I went back on Facebook I think I wanted to post a picture of my dog on my personal page and it said I was restricted for 30 days for uh, cyberbullying and harassment. And that was the post. Did you appeal it? I did. I, you you can appeal it twice. Yeah. Nothing. I, and, but I, I, I'm, I could show you my... So when you get... Every time you get in Facebook jail, they'll, they'll go and they'll you'll see. It's like a rap sheet. And you'll see how many times I've been restricted. You know when it... How many times have you been? It's got... I'm probably over 40 times. I don't know how... They have not thrown me off. They have not disbanded my account. They've just been suspended. They've just been suspended where I can't post. Now, why... You know, you have this podcast now, and I'm sure social media is, you know, a a big part of how you're going to get your voice out there. Yes. You know, I rely on Facebook a lot. I actually love Facebook. I I love Mark Zuckerberg. I love everything about it, even though... 
there is a lot of, you know, left leaning politics about social media, but I've never had anything bad about it. I actually invested in it as soon as it came out one time. Sure. I mean, I, I actually love it. And I understand that they're a business and they have to do certain things. Yes. But for you to be reliant on that, you know, don't you think that maybe you should tone it down and not be so assertive? Yes, and I have. You have? I have. Because I also, my, my business being an insurance adjuster, a private insurance adjuster, I'm self-employed. And I have a business page on Facebook that I have been very successful with in my business of people finding me on Facebook or people tagging me in these community groups. And I have made a lot of money in my business from Facebook. I don't hate Facebook. I hate what Facebook looks at certain things and, and does, you know, I, I guess the same as, you know, when you when you get locked up for something, you don't like the criminal justice system. I don't like Facebook's criminal <laughs> justice system. And it's so, yeah, I, I have I don't post anything on my regular page because if I get reported, I I lose access to the podcast page and I lose access to my business page. Yes. Everything. So, no, I I. So now you're strictly on your business and you're doing it that way. And my po and the podcast page. I'm not my podcast page. I will I will post when a new episode comes out. Um, you know, go to my YouTube channel, the, the YouTube video of that episode. I'm not on there giving strong political views on Facebook. I use that as you know a, 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 a tra traffic to the podcast. But what I'll do is I'll go through a the news cycle and I go through all of the all of the news Facebook pages. And if there's an article I want to talk about. I'll take it. I'll post it on the, on the on my Facebook page, on the podcast page, with maybe one of my usual sarcastic quips on it on there, and and then and, and then off for we the go. engagement, and, and then, then off, off we go. go. Now, but you still haven't got to the point. What made you want to do a conservative podcast? I, obviously, because I enjoy talking about it. I, I love it. So, and so a, a buddy of mine, who's a police officer in Nassau County, uh, said to me, "You should." He knows how how I feel about politics and what we, we agree on things. Is you should do a podcast. And I laughed and I go, it's funny. I've heard that from a few people. I go, well, why do you tell me I should do a podcast? He goes, well, I think people would just enjoy listening to you talk. And I get that from a lot of people that I know because I like to talk. And I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. And that day I started looking into what it was, what it would entail to start a podcast. And I'm like, all right, so not not relatively expensive to start. And I... My wife will tell you when I get my mind set on something, I go full blown. You know, like I'm I'm a big cigar guy, and I become a cigar collector, and that prompted me to gut my basement and make it into a cigar lounge with full exhaust systems and a six by six walk-in yeah, humidor. Yeah, I was gonna say you have a humidor built in in your basement. Yeah, now. I do with yeah. about twenty thousand cigars that will outlive me. My collection will outlive me at this point. Do you smoke a cigar every day? Just about, yeah. Just so about. It, what do you do? You go down there and you start talking to the cigars, which one wants to come out, who's going to who's gonna help you today, and yeah. whatever. Is that it? You go down there. Sometimes do, I do. I mean, you got 20,000 cigars. Yeah. It's, I, you got you know, you to make a choice. It takes me sometimes longer to pick one to smoke than to actually smoke it. Yeah, it's actually, that's yeah. how it is like now with Netflix, when uh, with my girlfriend. It takes longer to pick a movie. Oh my God, I'm right there with you, man. Then to actually watch the movie and then forget about that. Then we, not only do we pick something, then we're only 10 minutes into it and then we're right off of it and we're right onto something looking again. And the next thing you know, we look at each other and it's like an hour and a half has gone by and we're like, you wanna just order Uber Eats? <laughs> you know, do you wanna just do, you know, you wanna just do that? You wanna just get off of this whole 
you know, searching thing because, you know, we start falling asleep on the couch searching yes. for something that we want to watch. And then if it's not on Netflix, you're going over to Amazon to see if it's on no, there Hulu. or Hulu. Yes. I, the, the whole thing. I, it's like uh, you, you just described every night in my house. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. It's the same thing. Did so, you, were you a Trump supporter from day one when he came down that escalator? Yes. You were on Trump? 100%? Yes. You weren't on anyone else? Any other conservatives my, or Republicans? Oh no. Bush? Um, I, I don't have a huge... I have my issues with Bush, but not not, not, not like a lot of a lot of people. I mean, I'm... I like certain values. Uh, you know, I, I didn't hate Bill Clinton either. I, I, I didn't. I'm not a big fan of him now, but... I liked Trump because he wasn't a politician like most people. And it really pissed off the establishment and the swamp and that, wow, this guy's really gaining traction. And I really liked that about him. And I liked that he was from New York and he was a shrewd businessman. I I, I, I don't care what he did in his past. Uh, the guy's a, a billionaire and any any billionaire's finances are going to be a mess, especially with all of the all of the businesses that that he's been involved with. But I liked his I liked his views and his politics, and what really attracted me to liking Donald Trump was all of the people that liked him, and and kissed his ass before he decided to run for president. All started turning. All of a sudden, he wants to turn. He wants to run for president. Everybody started hating him. Well, there was a reason why they were hating him, and I. I what is that reason? Why do you think that is? Because he he truly wanted to disrupt and break up the establishment you know i took on my podcast is my my tagline is uncensored talk about uh, politics and swamp trolls and government that divide us as americans and those swamp trolls congress and that whole disgusting uh, establishment of of washington deceit is uh he wanted to break that up and 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 that's what i liked i liked he he truly loves the country why do you think though why do you think the so-called establishment hated donald trump not you know what was the, i know because you're saying what you just said is because he wanted to break it up yeah but what do you think their reasoning is that they hated him so much besides breaking it up well if he broke it up these career politicians that are there for 30 and 40 years i think they felt threatened that they they there's a lot at stake like money i mean let's face it they when you're that level in politics there's a lot of money going around yeah they make the hundred and seventy four thousand dollars to be a member of congress but we both know that's not all the money that they're making whether it's wherever it's from and where is it from where do you think it's from I mean, we could talk. I mean, we know that there's dark money on both sides. There's dark money. You have your your you know your your packs. You have your lobbyists. Donald Trump didn't owe anything to anybody, and he didn't want anything from anybody. He didn't. He wasn't interested in in lobbyists, and that 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 pissed the establishment off. See, my my view, and I think exactly this is. It is my view, but I think that this is 100% it, is it's China. It's the money that these big corporations, I'm including these it. politicians, yes. 
that once Donald Trump came into office, or even when he was his rhetoric before he got into office, when he was the Republican candidate, yeah, and now there was a chance, they knew, once he started with the slogan, which is, you know, it's all genius, everything, first the make America great again, yes. and America first, the America first slogan itself is, take those jobs that we're now overseeing, putting overseas over in China, and we mm-hmm. bring them back here, into America, and that is where the disruption is. Because yes. these politicians, especially you know the Democrats, and I'm sure like Mitch McConnell as well, mm-hmm. they have so much at stake with these, you know, with the money that's coming in from China. I mean, if you look at say CNN and their parent corporation, or NBC and their parent corporation, and how much money that they are making with China. Yes, you have companies like say Apple, Nike, with the sweatshops with China, and now all of a sudden you have this man who, like you said, is not a politician, is coming in now, and he is saying, no more. Right. But here's the thing. Why do you think these politicians, is it just money? Is it anything else? I mean, why would you not want to put America first? What comes from money? Power. That power, when when you don't have it and then you have it and you have this following of, of people I, I won't use the term bowing down to you but you and then you have you, you get your constituents and your it, it's money and power and to me and it's it's on both sides but i look at what the democrats are trying to do to this country right now and i you know the the big ultimate power grab like they're they're fighting against the clock of the midterms to try to change as much as they can and and just trample. Isn't it something? It's unbelievable. It's so out there too. And they don't even deny they're not even they're not hiding they, it. It's not even that they're not hiding it. You talk about it like what you're doing, mm-hmm. and they just they they have the horse blinders on. And it doesn't matter what's being said. They're going to slam down our throats yes. whatever agenda they can because what you just said. And who's in charge? Who's in charge? Because, uh, I mean, we have a new president. You know, he's all j- just about 100 days in. If it, 100 days didn't hit, when Joe Biden is the president of the United States. You know, we can we could talk about that. But uh, it's it's he's not in charge. We know that. We know his his handle. He is not the leader of the Democratic Party, as he should be, but he's not. He well, can, do you think that's because of his... In you know his um, faculties are gone, or do you oh. think that is because? And this is what I feel, is that he made a deal to get there to begin with, and now that deal that he made is basically, hey, we'll get you in, right? But when you're in, you're going to follow this agenda, right? Because he went from moderate Joe to this sick, progressive, radicalized old man with a cognitive decline. That's what he is. You know, it's not an argument. If whether you're a Biden supporter or not, you have to realize as a rational, rational thinker. Well, I think I just I think I just contradicted myself because now we're saying Democrats are rational thinkers. Anyway, they (laughs) (laughs) they have to know that this there's something wrong with this man like they just 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 your but isn't that the isn't that the beauty the genius of the democratic party yes think about that they know they knew 
I mean, you could just see during the Democratic debates, you could just see when he's going around talking and he's he's campaigning on the campaign trail, you know, in 2020, yeah. that that wasn't the same Joe Biden that was no. in the House or in the Senate, mm. and he is jungle this, and you know we can't have that, and right. up and down, and the way he used to speak, even as vice president. But now all of a sudden, but that's the genius of it because they knew we have a puppet. Yes. And now we could put this puppet and we could do the strings right. behind the scenes. And that's exactly what they're doing. The, you know, the whole the whole dynamic of, of, of him being a puppet, it, it, it is. It's there. He, and he, like you said, he was completely different when he was a, you know, a, a senator. I just spoke about this and I, I will tell anybody to their face and I, I publicly say it that right now, Joe Biden is the biggest racist in United States politics right now i believe and i i i believe it fact the, well give us an example you know back the, that up for a second the, the man became a senator and he was groomed by known segregationists that 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 showed him the way and his listen kamala harris his vice president we know she despises him we know kamala harris believes that joe biden is a racist She's, she said it with the whole busing and the whole segregation. Look at the 1994 crime bill that he co-authored. Joe Biden destroyed thousands and thousands of lives in the black community because of the, you know, he felt that George Bush's war on drugs wasn't good enough. And he wanted all of that money in the crime bill to go to prisons and more police now all of a sudden he wanted he, he he wanted more police to to put black men in jail when he stood on the floor of the senate and he pulled out a quarter out of his pocket and he said a crack rock this size is going to get you five years minimum in jail and the whole three strikes and and then you're a lifer and that the government's going to take your house they're going to take everything now i'm all about you you know you could put criminals in jail that's fine but he he did that, I believe, for his hatred of the black community. I believe, you want to talk about racism, I think Chuck Schumer is a racist, and I think they're all panderers, because that's what the Democratic Party is good at. The Democratic Party is good at pandering to the minority communities and manipulating them for their votes. And then once they get their votes, they slam the door in their face. Let's take Black Lives Matter, Global, the movement. They bragged about working hard to get Donald Trump out of the White House. They supported Biden and, and Harris. And when that happened and they won, they asked or they demanded for a sit-down they wrote the a letter. Administration. They wrote a letter, and they were ignored. And then they put on their website a petition: "Help us get a sit down with the administration that we worked so hard for to get elected." Again, because they pushed that narrative that Donald Trump is a white supremacist, racist, and that we need Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and they're going to be for us. What are they doing? What are they doing for them? What have they ever done? What is what is the Democratic Party ever truly done for minority communities? Well, they've done actually the opposite of what they're trying to say they do now. First of all, they're the party of slavery. 
They're the party of Jim Crow laws. Yes, they are. Okay. They are the party that started the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, they are. Right? And it's amazing. You know, another thing, though, about what you were saying about Kamala Harris mm -hmm. and you talking about how she believes that Joe Biden's a racist, she was also on record saying how Joe Biden sexually harassed. She believed that these individual, yep. you know, females who came forward, she actually said that she believes him. Believes them. Yes. That they were sexually harassed by Joe Biden. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Kamala Harris is now the vice president, which is unbelievable to me. But I've said this on my show before. Joe Biden made a deal in South Carolina for them to help him out because when they were going through those primaries, that's where he became, that's where he got out of the basement, so to speak. Right. I'm talking about in the polls mm -hmm. and then came out. Because you had the black community in South Carolina backing him. But I think behind closed doors, they made some type of deal. And one of those deals was, listen, we're going to get you out of this. And you will be the candidate. And if you do become the president of the United States, you better put a black female vice president on the ticket. Right. He That's without a doubt. He didn't have a choice in that. They knew early on that there was the talk of... When he hasn't, he didn't pick his running mate. That it was going to be one. We knew at first it was going to be a female. That and he had said it's going to be a female, and then it changed. It was going to be a female of color, and then we knew. I mean, how does it work? You know, she. Well, she, once you knew it was a female, I, yeah. There's no way he's picking, you know, Elizabeth Warren over Kamala Harris. That no. was never happening or anything like that. You were never going to have. It, it had to be a person of color, without a doubt. For uh, for a brief second, I thought he might they might have tried to um, push uh, Rice, uh, Su Susan Rice. Yes. And, uh, you know, but they 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 went with the. But I think she has a lot of dirt. She does because of that memo that she put out to herself to cover herself that time with the Obama administration when the whole thing was happening with Russia with the Russian hoax. Yes. So I th I think that and then also. Listen, we'll just give her another job anyway, so it's not a and big she, deal. She's she's in there. She's one of the string pullers. She's, I believe, the what is she, the director of domestic policy? She is, without like a doubt, one of the string pullers. And again, with Kamala Harris and then whoever else is there. You mentioned before Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion of Black Lives Matter? Domestic terrorist group. 100%. 100%. But I'm not, okay, because... That just made me sound like a white supremacist, Joe. No, it doesn't. Well, not, why do you not, say that? Not, not to you. No, no, but because just I, the general talk of it is not. If not. I say white lives matter. You're a racist. No, but I'm saying if I say that mm -hmm. and a black person says, no, that's racist, is that true? It's not. Okay, so then that's why you're saying black it, It's not. I'm saying that sarcastically. It, it, it's, it's not racist to say that, but this is what has... I have been called a racist because I would say, well, Black Lives Matter is, a, is I believe, is a domestic terrorist group. Well, what do you mean you're a racist? Why? Because I'm white and I said that? Uh, no, I'm not racist. It's a fact. They're burning down cities. But I'm saying the organization Black Lives Matter is a domestic terrorist group. I'm not saying every African-American that wears a Black Lives Matter t-shirt that believes on maybe what that movement should have been is a domestic terrorist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Black Lives Matter organization started by those, was it those three women, the, you know, the one colors, she just went on a, a massive real estate buying mm -hmm. spree for $3.2 million. They're trained Marxists. They, they, they want to destroy the nuclear family. They sit right in their website. They, they believe in the... I believe they took that down. 
But yes, they believed they breaking they? up the the core family well, they, they, unit because they want the community to to basically be uh, the ones I guess raising families. You know, it's just it, it boggles my mind. It's to me, they want to destroy what America is because they hate America. They want to instill in children that they should hate America. They want white children to be taught in schools to hate America. They want to abolish or defund law enforcement in America. I mean, they just came out now with... Why do you think that? What is your opinion? Why, so when you see this, right? So you're uh, uh, you know, a regular American, right? Mm -hmm. And you wake up and all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have all of these things... Defund the police, defund the police. And this is something that when you were growing up, I would assume that you're like, that would be so idiotic mm -hmm. to ever do that. Absolutely. But what is your reason? I have my own opinion, but I want to I want to hear it from you and then I'll give you mine if if it is the same. But why defund the police? What is what's the end game and why do you think that they keep saying it and why do you think people are actually on board with it? So when they first started saying defund the police, their attitude was just stop militarizing the police, stop giving them money for their armored vehicles, and, or, or, or we don't need any more police officers. They, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot when they said that because it's a loose term, defund the police. Well, what, what does defund the police mean? And there was no clear-cut answer. But what they really meant was not in, no more police the police shouldn't at one point it was police shouldn't even have guns you know that, that that's that's where their defunding was and it's nonsense because if anything and this is this is true to black communities the people in those communities are against defunding the police they don't want to defund the police uh, i i grew up in a black neighborhood and all of my i was the only white kid in my neighborhood and they all respected the police and the, the the elders in that neighborhood even wanted more police still to this day you talk to people or, or if you're lucky enough to get someone to cover asking a, a, a black person about police they'll say we want more police in the community so by defunding you're making police departments weaker I guess that I guess that's what they want I mean look at the or these autonomous zones that they, they took over cities and they're not even letting police in they hate the police because they think Police in America are systemically racist, which is completely false. Okay. See, I. Oh, I okay, continue. Yeah. So, so it, it's. I just see. I, I, I. You're on to it. Mm -hmm. But they are so genius in their maneuvering and what this is. You have to take a step back here. These people, the, the Marxists. Mm -hmm. The Black Lives Matter, the George Soroses of the world, <laughs> right? The black, the former Black Panthers of the world that are now teaching our children in colleges because now they're all professors from that movement, teaching Marxism and socialism. It is all a plan. And that plan is, and I just thought about this, and this is why I'm bringing it up to you today, is because I just thought about it. It just hit me this morning at the gym when I was, I was at the gym and I'm thinking about it because forever, my analogy exactly what yours was about defunding the police because they thought they are racist they don't believe that they're racist that's the way that they're that's a mechanism to get what they want and at the end game here is defunding the police and calling them racist at the same time what that does is 
They will defund the police. You see the Baltimore Police Department only has 700 cops. You're seeing New York City getting defunded. They have the un- the undercover unit is basically abolished. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point that what's going to happen is they're going to now, the community is going to say, well, okay, we were like in favor of defunding the police, but now we're having so much crime, which you're seeing sexual assaults in Manhattan and New York City are up over 400%. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to beg the federal government for help. And then what the federal government is going to do is, because now what you've done is you've taken away the state police departments because you've defunded them and you've got you used your propaganda to do so. So now these, these police departments are basically obsolete. And now you're going to have the community begging for police to come in and help. Right. And here comes what? comes basically big brother here comes the federal government and they're going to federalize the police department and it goes back to what you were saying before that one word which is all it matters is power right because now they have the power to bring in their own police department and if you remember it was obama who suggested at one time said we probably should have a federal police policing of the united states right but that's the reason people don't can't they don't think far enough to really comprehend what is happening here so first what you do is what you install fear into the community how do you install the fear by telling them that the police are racist so now they don't trust the police now that you have that fear now you get to say well because we don't trust them we have to defund them and when we defund them, we are now minimalizing them. We are now taking them again, like I said, obsolete. And what are we going to do? Because now we're at the point we have no cops, right? Mm-hmm. And what's happening throughout this whole community now? Right. Now this crime is rampant all over the town, right? All over the place. And now the community is crying desperately for help. Right. And who's going to come and save them? The federal government. And they'll come in and they will federalize policing and they'll do away because they don't have the power right now with these states they don't have the say because these state police departments are there. Right. And that's how they're doing it. And that's what I came, that's what I thought about today. And I said, that's the reason why they're doing it. And I'm telling you, I would bet my life on it. That's what it is. I'm not going to disagree. I, I think that that could be and is part of it. But I also think that let's just say that that theory is is what it is. And let's just say it happens now. Let's say they do away with the Baltimore City Police and the New York City Police Department, and they decide now they're going to federalize the police. Well, one, they have to, they they would they would have to uh, hire people, and most likely they would absorb members of these police departments. They're not just going to tell like thirty thousand cops in New York City that they're out of the, out of a job. That now these same individuals or some of them will end up becoming federal employees of that federal police department, whatever it is. What's going to change? The structure, the rules, how they can handle things. Maybe there is cops that are doing routine traffic stops without guns. See, federal government right now can't tell a state police department that they can't use guns on a traffic stop, say, so to speak. But now, maybe they will be able to. But here's the thing. Even if they wanted to keep the guns, it doesn't matter anymore because now they have power. And now once you have the power and once you give them the power, what's the most difficult thing to do once they have it? Either to keep, maybe to keep it or to lose it. 
they can't to give it up. Right. Just like what's going on with the whole COVID thing. And you see all these governors, mm. these blue state governors, right? Yeah. They have this power and now this newfound power. And then right. w- what's going to happen? Now you're going to tell them to give it up? No, you see the governor in Michigan. You see governor in New York. You see the governor in California. Right. They're holding on to this to dear life because this is power that now they've had never before. They right. get to tell citizens how to live their lives, where they can go, what time they have to be home, where they can shop, what they have, what can they can wear, meaning masks, mm-hmm. no masks, how they can do their business, how they they're basically controlling everyday life. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think you know part of the power, like when when you talk, the the, the federal policing actually it, it intrigues me because that that's. I've talked about this with a lot of different people on Alan, on why else I I'm I'm agreeing, There's, but this, it's the first time I'm that it's being explained to me, and I, I I I agree that that might be their reason, but we know that that would just completely collapse because it, one simple would thing, it? yes, because one simple thing. Now you're going to have a federal police department, and you're going to tell this federal police force that they are now if they're in, part of it is in enforcing traffic laws and they're doing traffic stops. You're telling me that people are going to want to work for this federal law enforcement agency without a gun to protect themselves? I didn't say that no, they no, wouldn't. No, I know. I know. But they might even still – see, once they have the power now, yeah. now they can do whatever they want. Like right now what you see when they have the power in the state, in the Senate right now, and you have the House. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden we're talking about D.C. statehood. Right. Now all of a sudden we're talking about limiting Second Amendment rights. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. once you have the power, I'm not saying that they would eliminate the guns, but the rhetoric right now of eliminating guns gives them the people start saying, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then what happens when they eliminate the guns, what happens when they defund the precincts, mm-hmm. more crime. Right. And then what happens? The community wants the police. Wants help. They want help. So now they could reestablish what they want, just like what they're doing with COVID. They yeah. use COVID as the guise of, okay, well, you know what? Just like what Ronald Reagan said, whenever you hear the term, the government is here to help, the government's on its way, is when you should run. Right. That's when you should be the most fear. And here, what do we have right now? Don't worry about it. We have this virus that's going on. We don't know where it's come from. We don't know. We don't really have too much. We don't follow the science as much as we say we are. But yet, you now are going to rely on us to help you out. We're going to give you the vaccines. We're going to tell you where you can go and what you can do and what you can't do. We're going to give you the federal guidelines. The CDC is now all of a sudden going to come out in a couple of days. If you heard Fauci yesterday, yeah. is going to come out and say, now that when you're outside, you don't have to wear masks if you're vaccinated. Well, what? why didn't you know that? And he, and he went on. He was on ABC News. And he said, you, this is common sense. These are all common sense things that, you know, that you could go outside if you're fully vaccinated. Well, why now? Why didn't you say that in January when the rollout of the vaccines were already coming out? That was common sense. We all knew that. But you see, it's all about how do we how do we get the power? But that's not the only thing. How do we retain it? How do we keep it? How do we keep it? Because it doesn't matter. You get it. What do you do with it? Like that old Seinfeld thing. Oh, yeah. Um, You have the reservation. But could you keep could you it? Keep it right. You know, <laughs> did, did you hold the reservation? Right. Just because you took the reservation, exactly. you know, did you? Can you hold the reservation? Can you hold the power? And you know what's crazy that we're talking about things like this. You know what I mean? Like the whole 
that there are people that just want to destroy this country because they don't like the history of it. They don't like how it's being run, whether they're going to make up reasons for it, like systemic racism and all and, 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 and this other nonsense. Because, you know, now the Biden's education department wants to, I mean, they have it in some places. They want to bring the critical race theory into the classroom. It's already there. It's there. It's in colleges. Right. It's uh, it's not in, it's not in my child's school district. I'm keeping a close eye on that because the moment it is, um, you're going to see me on the news. It's to me, and they're basing it off of people that they're trying to convince are anti-racist, but are racist. That author, um, Adami, what, what the heck is his name? Uh, Ken, Kindle. I, I have to look it up. He's his ideologies are. And the 1619 Project. From the New York Times. from That's made up from the New York Times with a bunch of poems and essays that they had. What did they have? A dozen or so people just decide to write this up. And this is now, should be the history of America. That the, the whole 1776 commission and everything about 1776 is, is racist and based on white supremacy. I mean, when you have this administration's uh, ambassador to the United Nations say in a public statement that white supremacy is woven into our founding documents. That's a problem. You're telling the world that America is racist and it started when we founded this country. But then we can we could turn around like you said because I say that too. The Democratic Party is the party of slavery and segregation because we know that. Uh, the KKK it's like a tongue, tongue twist to say that. And uh Planned Parenthood for, I mean, let's face it, Planned Parenthood, we know, was put in all the minority communities back when it started by the Democratic Party for hoping they can do population control on little black and brown babies. That's that's what the premise of, of Planned Parenthood was. And, and th- there's no argument that. I mean, Pla- Planned Parenthood knows it. And, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll deflect from that. So they want to bring all of this into schools, this 1619 project, which is a crock. And teach our children, no matter their color, whether they're white or black, but teach kindergartners, first graders to hate America, to hate what America was, that America is a bad place. Why do you think they're doing that? What it, is your opinion on that? It's, it's, almost, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words like what I, what I think. My opinion of it is they, they want a different America. It's and I think it's power and control also is they want it's it's reverse racism. We we had the civil rights movement and it was horrible. Black people were persecuted. They the voting. Oh, guess how many jar guess how many beans are in this jar and then you can vote. I mean that that was ridiculous. More than ridiculous. It was tragic. But now you have these individuals who who want to throw slavery in my face. A person that you didn't even have you had nobody affected by slavery. I didn't have any anybody af- that affected slavery. That is a token. That is a it token is. that the Democrats are doing to what? To keep blacks voting on their party yes. line. So that is the king out on the balcony and throwing coins out to the peasants. Right. And I'm not calling blacks peasants no. because I'm saying because the Democratic Party does it to all different types of ethnicities. Right whether it's white, black, or whatever it is. Yes. But the elite Democrats are basically up on top 
of the throne and they're throwing out coins. And what'll happen is after they go away and then they come back out, they'll have another crowd there wanting more. Right. They give just a little bit. That's what the Democrats do. They give just a little bit yes. so they keep wanting more. That's what wealth, the welfare system is all about. Mm -hmm. That's what WIC is all about. Right. That's what all of it it's all about. The, you know, the welfare reform because let's give them money for not working. Mm -hmm. But if they work and they make too much money, well, then you're not going to get this free money. Exactly. So you stay at this poverty line, basically, because you're going to be what? Reliant on us. Right. Instead of doing the opposite and saying, okay, let's go into these black communities and see why the poverty rate is the way it is. And let's build up these communities so they can have their own mind and their own thought process. See, that's the thing about Democrats. Democrats don't want their constituents, their people that they're following them, to have a mind of their own. Exactly. That's why, as soon as you see someone, say like Tim Scott mm -hmm. or Candace Owens right. or some or Larry Elder, as soon as you see um, Leo Terrell, as soon as you see a Black American talk differently than what the Democratic talking talking points are. They're Uncle Tom's. They're Uncle Tom's, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you're not following the party line. You're not doing what we're telling. The propaganda, for whatever reason, isn't working on you. So if it's not working on you, we're going to bash you and we're going to destroy you. Right. And it's, it's a joke. It really is. But how do we get out of that? How does that? So my, my question to you is, is, what's the problem and do you see a problem? And if so, what is the problem with the Republican Party? No balls. <laughs> Meaning you have rhinos, Republican in, in name only, like Mitch McConnell and you know, Liz Cheney. She's completely useless. And then you see this other, or they call them firebrand politicians. You know, you have your aggressive, outspoken Republicans that... I guess they're they're following the um, the MAGA agenda that Donald Trump has has formed into this aggressiveness fight like hell for what what this country should be and what this country should be is what it is you know free and 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 and, and not big government so you're seeing these Republican candidates pop up uh, that are now. Some of them are getting endorsed by Trump. Uh, they're, they're looking to primary these so-called rhinos out that aren't. They're not. They're not doing anything. They're they're, they're occupying a seat, and there there's no fight in them. They're, who are they representing? I mean, the problem is they 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 keep getting reelected. I mean, look at Mitt Romney. You know, the guy, the guy's. He's useless. He's 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 a Democrat. He's only what you said exactly. You said it perfectly. He's a rhino, Republican in name only, but has everything other than Democratic view. You know, nothing of Republican views. No. It's all Democratic views, and it's almost actually radical views. Yes. You know, I you know when you hear these people and you say far left, right? I agree. These progressives are far left, and then you say, oh, well, you're on the far right. How am I on the far right? If I believe in the Constitution, believing in the Constitution is not the far right. Believing, right. you know, far right would be going against what the Constitution. The Constitution is the middle ground. Yes. Are you a believer in this country? Are you a believer in the doc, you know, the doctrines that we have, the amendments, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, right. the three branches of power? Are you okay with that? Is that something that you support? Because if you don't, 
then that will decide whether you're leaning now more left right. or you mean leaning more right, depending on what those views are. And you have now what's going on with the Democratic Party. They're not hovering over the middle. They're not a little bit on the left and then they come back a little and try to have a conversation. They're all the way to the left. So there is no conversation. The only way that you could have a conversation is if you're in the middle ground. Yes. In the middle, you could actually have a conversation about certain views and viewpoints because on the middle, on the fence, you could be persuaded in real talk, in intelligent conversation one way or the other. Right. But when you're sitting so far on one on the opposite ends of the spectrum, there is no talk. There is no negotiate. No. You're just sitting there and that's what happened now with this Democratic Party. That's what's going on. You said it before about Joe Biden. Yes. When you said that he was one of the most racist people in the country. Yeah. I would say, and probably not the most racist, I would say he's definitely the most racist president. Okay. But it's hard to say that you're the most racist president because he's white and he's being racist against other whites. So there's almost a, you know... Yeah, the the reverse racism, it, it boggles my mind. That's not being pushed hard by African Americans. It's being pushed by white liberal Democrats are, are, are pushing this, like you said. Well, I wouldn't the, really agree with that. That's not necessarily true. You have somebody like, say, um, Ayanna Presley. Right, right, okay. Who I think is a supreme racist. Kamala Harris. Yeah. A racist. Alan Omar. Yes, oh, completely racist. Completely yes. racist. But I don't think they, believe it or not, even though, you know, they you have the squad and, and they, they are... Okay, they're not white, and they are pushing racism as well. But the 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 Democratic Party, the oligarchs, the the hierarchy. You, you mentioned George Soros earlier, and obviously we know what he is to the Democratic Party. They are are pushing this notion of the reverse racism to empower and and manipulate, and I guess you can use the word brainwash African Americans and minority communities to think that way so that they can, again, retain that power and keep the power and give them a little bit so they're getting their voting. The Democratic Party is nothing but manipulation of minorities. But it's not just the minorities that they're manipulating. They're also manipulating whites. Yes. Because yes. you have these people, these kids that are in college, oh you have these God. millennials, you have all of these. It's not because <clears throat> if you look at a Black Lives Matter rally, mm -hmm. you will look at, say, let's just say there's a thousand protesters walking down the streets of Seattle. You may see 600 white yep. kids and 400 blacks. You may see even 700 whites and 300 blacks they are not just manipulating blacks they're not just placating to blacks right. they are also brainwashing white individuals who are sitting there actually saying that yes i have this privilege which is made up yes okay and i have to now give up this power and that's where you're getting this equity and this mm -hmm. inclusion and you're getting all of these companies these companies that are saying hey we have to be more equitable I see. I saw a commercial on TV yesterday, and they were talking about how there's appraisers. You know, when you go around how appraising houses. Yeah. And one of the big corporations, I forgot which corporation it is. It's a national corporation that appraises houses, and they're saying we are trying to now be more equitable and hiring more blacks to do it. And my 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 question is, just because you want to do that doesn't mean that necessarily that the meritocracy of their you know. Their, their qualifications are going to suffice. Right. 
Why are we talking about having to have more blacks or browns appraising houses? Why can't it just be the people that actually want to do it? Like if you're black in college and you all of a sudden want to graduate college and you want to be an appraiser, you're an appraiser. Right. That's it. It doesn't matter what you're black or white. And I used this the other day about the NBA because if that's the case and we're going to try to make things equal, well, then you know what? I, th- I believe the NBA is over 80% black. Well, then let's get it down to 50%. And why won't they do that? Why won't they make the talent pool from 80% black to now 50-50? Why do you think they won't do that? I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a sports guy. I, I don't know if it's... Because the, the, because the, 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 the play, the, right. the, the viewability, yeah. the, ta- the, the game itself won't be as good. Right. Because the talent now, there's a reason why 80% they're black in there. More blacks are more athletic in NBA and better at the NBA in right. sports than there are whites. Sure. That's that's just a fact. Because they won't draft. They're drafting the best players. Right. Right? If you now make it 50-50, the talent pool, the, t- the, the level of talent that's on the court now decreases. Okay. Yeah. Well, put that exact same theory into the job, right. into the, you know, into the corporations. You can't just start making people do force them to do something that they may not want to do or or be qualified for it. And like I, I'm all about the the merit and the qualifications and the abilities of the individual. Forget about I can't stand the the whole the color of the skin and we have to be more a, a diverse corporation or a diverse organization, like you said. Well, what if those people don't want to do it? Maybe there are plenty of people that do want to do it. And maybe the maybe the people that want to do it maybe aren't the best candidates or best fit to do it. Like what was it? Just Delta Airlines said they want to have. I think they said they want to have like fifty percent, or they want to hire more diverse pilots and employees, just based off skin color. Think about that. Hey, think about that. Exactly. Now, I have someone who is flying this huge aircraft. And you, it, this person was only hired because not out of he was or she was the best fit to be a pilot, right. to fly the plane. No. The best pilot may be on the unemployment line. Right. But the pilot that we have here is just so happens to be a female or black. Right. And we had to fill this quota. And now they're flying this heavy piece of machinery with 200 passengers on board. And they're capabilities are in control over all of these people's lives including my own right think about that if that was a doctor right no exactly and and going back like just obviously there's there's a lot of schooling and training to become a pilot so we know delta airlines just isn't pulling you know a minority off the street and throwing them in the cockpit obviously they're they're going through the same training but then that comes to well if you and i take a civil service exam because you, you see take it happening the bar exam. Oh, the bar exam there you go i'm black you're white and we went to the same law yes. school, same time, three years. Yes, that has nothing. I know what you're going to say. You did better, but they hired me, that law firm, even though I, you, you, you aced everything. But because I'm black, but I'm still an attorney, I passed everything. They're going to take me because now that firm wants to be diverse and show. Take it a step further. You failed the bar exam. Okay. They're still going to hire you because they're going to now wait until you see if you pass it again. It doesn't matter that the other person passed and is now qualified, right. is actually a sitting attorney. We're going to still hire you anyway, just based on the color of your skin. And we're going to hope that you pass the bar exam the next time. And then when you do, 
then you'll be a working attorney. But right now, what you'll do is you'll push papers, you make copies, you'll do legal research, and until you pass that bar exam, exam, then you'll actually be in a courtroom or you'll actually, you know, argue in front of the Supreme Court, whatever it may be. Right. But again, has nothing to do with meritocracy. Nothing. Now you were talking about before though, and you said that they have no balls. The Republican Party, right? Well, not. Uh, all right, so you're right, though. I agree. Yeah, and I'm not going to say the whole Republican Party because they're no. I will. I do. Maybe yes, as a party, yes. But there are people in the party that are are, are trying to change that. You know, uh, you look at look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you say what you want about her, whether she was a conspiracy theorist or not. She she has balls, and she's you know, she's not even on any committees. Because What's the they difference between Marjorie Taylor and say AOC? AOC is full of crap. A- AOC AOC cannot. AOC talks a lot and says a lot. Well, she no. She talks a lot and says nothing. You just listen to her. She she has no clue on what she's saying or trying to say. She's a Democrat socialist. She hates America. She hates the police. And but yet she is a hero. She is basically running that party yet you have somebody like marjorie taylor who they call like you said a conspiracy theorist right and basically they're the same two people except one's a democrat and has the the backing of the media right right yeah the left-wing establishment yes and then you have someone who you have marjorie taylor who we don't have republicans backing her up no like you would say the Democrats and AOC and Rashida Tlaib or anything mm-hmm. like that. That right there, when you said no balls, right there is almost is congruent with that right there. Because Absolutely. the Democrats, they stick together. They never, look what happened with Maxine Waters. You had, oh they wanted to God. censure her, right? Yeah. And yet now they said, you want to censure Maxine Waters? Nancy Pelosi said, well, then we have a hundred things that we're going to do to Marjorie Taylor over there. So you better be careful on what you say and what you do. But yet we don't have the Republicans saying something like that. No. That's what it is. We have someone like you said before. We have Liz Cheney who said yesterday who came out and said, well, Ted Cruz, he can't become president because he went against the Constitution of the United States and questioned the the, – efficacy of the election on January 6th. So he's not a candidate. Which we know that's BS, you know, as far as he didn't, he did not violate the Constitution. That's his constitutional right to do that because back in 2017, when all of those congressmen, the House reps sat, some of the House reps that were involved in Trump's impeachment hearings stood up. Joe Biden was the vice president. They were trying to confirm Donald Trump's election, uh, his his election, and they said there was like seven or eight of them that they are uh, opposing the election results of certain states. And Joe Biden would say, "Do you have it in writing from a member? Because you know you need the, a member of the Senate." To, and they all were doing it, and they weren't even doing it right. They weren't even following proper procedure, and they were standing up doing it. So. They were they were violating house rules and 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 rules of 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 how to oppose because they weren't even doing it the right way and Joe Biden the vice president at the time was saying you have no argument your argument is invalid like I, I you know Joe Biden actually did the right thing and put them all in their place to confirm Donald Trump's election but they did the same thing and that's we haven't used the word yet the hypocrisy right there is an example of the hypocrisy because this democratic party is all about 
hypocrisy. It's all hypocritical. And they will all stick together, mostly. But like when we talked about, you know, defunding the police earlier, but now when they turn around with all this other stuff going on in the country with these police-involved shootings, now members of the squad say, well, no, we need to abolish the police. We need to get rid of the police. And then they're backed up when a Black Lives Matter founder says, we also need to close prisons and have no more prisons and no incarcerations. And a member, uh, one of them said, uh, no, no more prisons and no more incarceration. Again, think about that though, right? Right. You see how loony that sounds. But now you look at what I said before mm-hmm. about maybe what the end game for that because stats don't back any of this up. No. All right? Stats matter. Statistics matter. You have right now, there's more whites being killed by cops, white cops, than there are white cops killing blacks, but yet all we hear about how racist white cops are. Right. There's an agenda. Of course. And the hypocrisy, what you said, mm-hmm. is through the roof with all of it. Now, growing up, I'm sure when you woke up every day, you were like, oh, I live in a superpower. The United States is the best. Yes. We are the best country in the world. This is, there's no way our freedoms here, our democracy here is going to be you know, infinite. I still believe in that. You do. Yes. Do you think that there's any? Do you think that? Are you afraid of China, and their military, and how what they're capable of doing to I'm the not, United States? I'm not afraid. It's a concern. I'm not afraid because, like anything else in this country, it goes in cycles, and we're in a really bad cycle right now. And whether the Democrats are going to hold on to the White House for four years or, or, or who knows after, I'm I'm hopeful that when their reign of terror is done and either, you know, a Republican wins in 2024, God willing, that it will progress again. The cycle will change. And then we will we will be a country again that will stand up to China. But right now, our adversaries, China, Russia, obviously they're going to take advantage of us because... Has they, that ever happened in your lifetime? Not that I can, not not like it is now, no. So then you should be a little bit more than concerned. You should be more of a heightened fright state because right now what China is doing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and what Russia is basically doing, it's just laughing at us. Oh, absolutely. They laughed at us in Alaska at that summit. Yes. When have you ever heard the communist government of China say to the United States at a summit that you should not be speaking from a position of power? I couldn't believe that. And that's where my concern started. I, I, I just look at things differently. Am, am, I, am, I, am I frightened? Am I scared? No. But I, 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 I want to see what's going to happen in a year's time. The Chinese military, I mean, their Navy, I believe that their Navy right now is bigger than ours. They are putting huge amounts of money into their military. What are they going to, in the Indo-Pacific, what kind of what kind of move are they going to make? I'm sure they're going to make a move. Looks like they're going to make a move on Taiwan shortly. Right. They're flying into, I mean. Look what they did to Hong Kong. And basically saying that we don't have the ability to intervene and defend Taiwan. You know, that, that's basically what they're saying you know, or, or, or whatever the case is. They want, they want to be the world power. What's they your position control. on that? Here you are, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Jacoby, mm-hmm. you're the president of the United States, and all of a sudden China starts attacking Taiwan. What are you doing about that? <laughs> going to do whatever I can to stop it. I mean, the only way that you're going to be able to stop it is is going to war with now China now, and defending Taiwan. Is that something that you're willing to do? 
Well, what choice do we have? Because if they take over Taiwan and they now, they're showing that aggression and they know. See, that's right there. See, there's the fear in my right now for me. Because we don't, we've never been in a war where it's been here. I mean, it happened in Hawaii with right. Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. But you go to war with, say, China. You go to war with, say, Russia. Well, California is in big trouble. There'll be, and, and think about the ground game that China would eventually be able to mass here in the United States, how many people they have. Now, you may sit there and say, well, we'll never get to that. Well, if that's the case and it never got to that, how is it that it never got to that? We'd be headed for a nuclear war. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, it's funny. If, if, they were, if there was a war on this soil, American soil, one, we're a different type of people. And we have a large military. I, I'm not saying, you know, I, I can't imagine. It, it, it's hard to imagine. You're right. because Imagine it, though. Imagine. Imagine, you know, downtown imagine Los Angeles. 250,000, you know, CCP soldiers that just landed. They'd have to land first. Well, that's the. Th this is what I'm trying to say is right. it probably wouldn't get to that point because there would then be what? Probably start of a nuclear war. And if once you do that, then there's going to be a lot more casualties than just the city of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Absolutely. So where do – see, that's the thing. When we right now are showing such a position of lack of strength, when we should be focusing on, you know, the – the production of strength. Right. Like right now, we're, we have new rules that you know, women should be able to wear their ponytails and purple hair in the military and, you know, and whatever it is. No, though, that's not what the military is about. The military is about, it's not a political organization. It has nothing to do with other than protecting the United States. They should be robots there, right. basically. They should be just one unit. They look the same. They act the same. It doesn't matter the color of the skin. I don't care about that. But not with this other, you know, BS that we're, that's taking place here. The, when you have the Chinese military, looks like these, you know, they're talking about, you know, fertilizing certain soldiers using DNA, you know, manipulation right. to make them super soldiers. They're talking about that, and we're talking about purple hair. Right. We're talking about, all right, so... You know, you know, if if you're a if you're a biological man and you want to dress up as a woman, that that's okay. And and now the United States military, the federal government, will now pay for all of your reconstructive you know, surgery to manipulate your and, genitalia. And exactly. That and and that's that's again because the Democrats feel that's what their voting base wants and. Nobody wants a nuclear war, obviously. China doesn't want a nuclear war. Everybody has nukes. Nobody, nobody. I believe nobody truly wants to use them because we know what happens there. It's, it's over. It's over. It's, China's over. United States is over. Russia's over. Whatever it is. You got Iran. They're, they're building, building nukes, whatever capacity of uh, they're at. And they, like Iran, that's another issue. You're not hearing much about Iran other than that Joe Biden wants to, you know, bow down to them. They said in their parliament well, not too long ago that by 2040, you know, this is like be like an hour Congress. They want to take out Israel. I think by 2040. And you see what you see what happened yesterday with the leak 
that happened with John Kerry? Yes, I, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I yeah. So basically, John Kerry gave them intel right. on what Israel, Israel, and I believe there was over 100 occasions or 200 occasions that they were doing things to manipulate Tehran, and they gave them that intel. There should be a huge... You know, you talking talking about General Flynn, Mike Flynn, right. getting investigated. There should be a full out investigation on just on Kerry alone now. But yet, you won't have that because Joe Biden is buddy buddy with him, and you'll never have it. But we could talk about this for days and days. And tell us a little bit about this podcast that you have. How do people are able to get on to your podcast, listen to you? Give us a little flavor on that easiest way is to go to the website all the social media is there it's the great divide 1776.com there he is there i am there there's is. that good looking guy right there, there. i'm better looking there than i am in person alan jacoby look so at I, that i look better as a cartoon absolutely uh you can go right to the website which is there you can get all the social media you could you can listen it's uh you're a big twitter guy i saw on your website you're doing a lot of posts on twitter i've always i've hated twitter i just got on twitter when i started the podcast what's your twitter handle so people can follow you uh it's uh, TGD Alan Jacoby. The, you know, it's they, they it's all there, right? On the it's website. All there. There. You, you can go right. The easiest What's thing the is website? go to the website, thegreatdivide1776.com. You can get everything there YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everything. I would assume that thegreatdivide.com was taken. It was. It so, was. Uh, so, what made you then? Because you had to do something. You love probably, you know, you probably sat there and said, Damn yeah, the the, domain. Yeah, the divide is not there, you know, or if it's, it's if you want to buy it on GoDaddy, it's twenty five thousand. I think that's what it was. I think it, I think it was available to someone to purchase. One of yeah. the brokers had it. It was yeah. really expensive. But what made you then to 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 still get that? What made you think of seventeen seventy six? Well, you know, July Independence Day, and that was that was just a, a big thing. Someone gave me the idea. I don't remember who. My friend, who's a, a police officer, who who really pushed me over the edge to do the podcast. He actually said. And you should call it the Great Divide. And I didn't like it at first. I went home and I'm thinking about it, and then I'm I'm thinking of names, and then it, I, I'm th- I'm playing it over my head again, and I'm like, well, yeah, what's dividing us as a country? I liked it, and we're gonna go with it. And then the 1776 was basically came because the email, my email, the great the Great Divide 1776 at Gmail, it was all taken, and then 1776 Independence Day. So we'll we'll use that. That's yeah, that's really I love that's it. really how it came. I out. love it. And I love what you're doing. I love that you have this conservative. You know, we need more conservative voices yes. out there. 100. percent Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Okay, give me yes or no. Okay. All right. Donald Trump is he going to run in 2024? I'm going to say no. I I, I don't think he's going to. Who do you think will replace him at on that ticket then? I think he's he's looking, he's working on that. He's going to be 78 years old when it's time to run, which if he's if he's like he is, he's, it's not going to stop him. I It's a hard answer. I'm not a hard no. You're saying no and I'll tell you why I think. I think I I'm telling to correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my my guess. Because every time he gets asked, he's not all in on it. So it's giving you some hesitation, right? Right. Okay. I have that same hesitation until I said to myself, of course he's not going to tell them. Because once he says it, what's going to happen? Oh, totally. They're going to go on to him like, you know, yep. like vultures. Yes. So keep them guessing. Keep them at bay. Don't keep them investigating him and doing whatever and putting more on it. Right. There is no way that that man is going to go out on the defeat. 
There's no way. Yeah. He has to agree. try. And I think, now, now my next question is, who do you think, this is not a yes or no, if Donald Trump does run the ticket and wants to be president and run in 2024, who's his running mate? He's spending a lot of time at Ron DeSantis. I love him. He, he, what he's doing with Florida. I don't know if Ron DeSantis wants to give up Florida because he's loved, you know. He's got power. He does. And it's not a guarantee once he then wants to be vice president that what he'll do after. But right. I think I think you're 100% right. I think it's Ron DeSantis. And I think that the this is this is what you do. You're a politician. You 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 keep going up. Right. You now the governor. Now you have a chance to be vice president. And then you're not going to be there. You have a you're going to be in a lame duck type of situation meaning that you're not going to serve eight years. You're only going to be vice president for four, and then bam, you're right there in 2028 to run for president of the United States. So I think that Ron DeSantis, if asked, would do it. Now, do you think that that's a good plan, or do you think that maybe Donald Trump should have do something out of the Democratic playbook and have, say, a black vice president? Doesn't matter; have to be female, like maybe somebody like, say, Tim Scott, or something like that. It. Or maybe a Ted Cruz that is more on the Latino side, you know, of things, or Marco Rubio, or something like that. It it could be, I think it it could be a very smart play in this political climate to, let's say, uh, and I, I don't want to compare. I'm not comparing Donald Trump to him, but if 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 Donald Trump is controlling the party and he took that step back and he is what Mike's what the Soros is to the Democratic Party. Because I mean, the, the money that Donald Trump is—he's he, raising for these candidates that he's endorsing—is—it's a lot. So he can control that and control the party, and maybe put groom somebody to run for president. And then, like you said, maybe someone of color or that uh, that 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 fits that demographic in the Republican Party as a running mate. And maybe, like you said, a Tim Scott or a, a, so maybe someone who's not even a politician, a, a, a woman of color. Uh, you know, oh, maybe just a woman in general. Maybe just a woman in general, and and see where it goes. He's selective on who he's endorsing. You know, he, someone's going down to Mar-a-Lago and getting an endorsement. It's going to be interesting to see. A hundred percent is going to be interesting to see. Now we talked politics this whole time, a whole time, right? So before we go here, you talked a little bit about Netflix. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? What are you watching? You know what I just watched. What's your What's your You know, if you had to give somebody. Two or three shows that are on the top, top of your list. Doesn't even have to just be on Netflix. Are you a show person or are you just movies? I'm big into documentaries. Me too. Okay, so Huge. whatever. But what would you recommend? What, what, what is it you and your wife are sitting down? What is it that you would recommend? I just watched the, uh, we watched the other night on Netflix. And Eric, um, chime in if you're there too. It's, uh, it's, on, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a documentary about the teenage white kingpin. I think it's, it's called White Boy. It's about White, white Boy, Boy Rick. I heard. Detroit. I saw. I saw that it was there. So what is that about? I didn't see it yet, though. So there's uh, white boy Rick. I forget his last name. Yeah, he's sitting on like a, he's sitting down. Yeah, he was like 14 years old, and he became an informant. And basically, federal law enforcement made him appear to be something he wasn't. Uh, this this drug kingpin in Detroit. There was a lot of corruption. Uh, he, he passed away now, but I believe the police chief at the time, uh, Gil Hill, who 
was in Beverly Hills Cop. He was uh, Eddie White Murphy's boy Rick. Boss. There White it is. White boy Rick. There it is. It's good. It's good. I loved it. I did. I was. I was hesitant about it. I saw it a few times pop up, and, and we were like, "Hey, let's watch it," because he's still in prison, and it's all. Ba- you watch it, and it's amazing. Why That's not Matthew McConaughey, is it? No, no, right? That's not why. No, and what, I don't, what that else, might what be a, another movie, but you what know, on Netflix? You, that's uh, not it. I don't think that was the cover. I think of it's it. just White Boy. White? Oh yes, it's not this White is, Boy like, Rick. Yes, Matthew McConaughey. This was the movie on it, which I haven't seen. I don't think yeah. it's out yet. The Netflix version, no, I think, is, is just White Boy. It's just White Boy on Netflix. It's just White Boy. There it is. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's it. yep, and it it was it was it was great. Oh, what am I watching right now? You know, it's you watch Ozark. Are you an Ozark? I I got to. We finished season one. And then that's what we'll do. We'll watch something and we'll power watch it. And then you get off of it. And then we'll stop and then we'll go to something else. I haven't touched Ozark. Like, I, I was so upset what happened with House of Cards. I was devastated. I thought that was one of... Ha, did you watch House of Cards at all? I Kevin did. Smith? I got off of it, though, once he got out. So, me too. But I watch it to the end and I thought... We're talking it, about uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, once yeah, he, got, he left the show, it was like, what are we was, doing here? And it was so absurd. It's like Tony Soprano leaving The Sopranos. He, didn't make right. any sense. He was the show. It's my, my, yeah. my, my favorite my favorite. That's show your of favorite show of all time? The Sopranos? The Sopranos? Absolutely. You, I will, you love the ending? Yes. I did not. You I thought towards the end, I'm talking about even the last season, I only watched it because I needed to see what was going to happen, but I thought it was horrendous towards the end, you know, without a doubt. But you know why it's great? How long ago was that? How long ago has it been gone? It's been gone a while, right? Wow, a long time. But we'll still talk about it as one of yes. the best shows because of that ending. Yeah, I Everybody know. Everybody talks about it. Are you it. a, and real last question here. Yes. Are you a comedy guy at all? I am. Do you like Seinfeld? I do. Do you like Larry David? I do. What's better, Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm? I enjoy Curb Your Enthusiasm better. I, I, I do. I watch. He's the best. I, I, he is. He's he the is. best. And he's such a sick disgusting liberal <laughs> I know but it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter that gets the really, pass he, he gets a pass because he's really funny yeah, and you know what though it, it doesn't matter you shouldn't it, that shouldn't matter anyway it doesn't but I love the fact that he is a liberal but yet I'll still watch it and he'll yeah. make fun of Donald Trump because he does that's what it's all about that's yes. what we're missing now in America the comedy the comedy being able to do that and not get cancelled Right, because if you tell the wrong joke, you will get canceled. You'll get labeled and canceled. Yes. Larry David is the the best. And again, here we go. I just want to say it. We have Alan Jacoby, The Great Divide, 1776.com. Again, what is the Twitter handle again? The Twitter the Twitter handle is uh, TGD Alan Jacoby. And you can also follow you on Facebook, right? Facebook, The Great Divide Podcast. Instagram, The Great Divide Podcast. But it, it's easy. If you go right to the website, it's just one click away to everything, even the YouTube channel. Well, listen, I love that you came on here. I enjoyed myself. I, I love talking time, to another you know, conservative who has the same values. Yes. America first, without Always. a doubt. You know, there is a... I, I, do you ride? Are you uh, do you ride bike? No, uh, a bike, a motorcycle. No, neither do I. I don't no. even know how to say it. Um, but the on May skate on yeah. May fifteenth, mm-hmm. and it's one of the supporters of the show. It's called the America First Warehouse. This guy named Joe, Joe the, Box. the Box. Yes, I've seen videos. I, you know, and I meant to ask you about that. That that America. I've seen videos of it. I, I want to go there. May fifteenth. Yeah, he's having a. It's a biker, but it's it's about America First. Sure. It's at the warehouse, May fifteenth. I have a flyer. When we get off the air, I'll give you all the information. Yes. Bring your wife. You have kids? Yeah, I have a daughter. It's kid-friendly. Whatever. Bring your daughter. Bring your wife. It's a great time. Can I bring and, my girlfriend, too? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to listen to this. I'm only kidding. I'm but, kidding. Um, <laughs> bring, it's all patriots. 
It's all about America first. You have to see this warehouse. Eric, I've seen pictures and videos of yeah, it. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. You did, they did something election night there. It was amazing. Yes. So please, if you have time, if you have nothing to do I'm going. that day, May 15th. You're going to be there? 100%. I'm going. This guy, when you talk about a patriot. Yeah, I watched the video. Yeah, nobody's better. Watched, than, nobody's a bigger episode. patriot than Joe DeBach. So please come. I and will. again, thank you so much. Joe, thank you. All right. We're out of here. Be well. Hey, this is Crazy Robin. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show.